It's Friday then, it's Saturday, Sunday. Alrighty, welcome back. Another episode of Post Fades and Cheese Steaks on episode 58. Usual suspects, we got myself, Dakota, and Tim, of course. Uh, today will be the uh, a little recap on the first round of NBA playoffs. We have all but one series completed. Um, that would be Dallas and LA Clippers, which I don't know. Tim's LA Clippers seem to be uh, on the verge of elimination, so find out tonight. Um, but Sixers took care of business. A little got a little shaky. Um, Definitely worried about the uh, Embiid injury. Um, but I think they'll handle the Hawks fine, but uh, we, we'll get into more details on that. Tim, what were your thoughts on the first round so far? Uh, I mean, everything went well, besides the fact that, you know, your franchise superstar, best player, tore a meniscus. And yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're not a doctor, and I'm definitely not a doctor, but anytime you tell me that, a guy seven two tore anything in, in his knee. I, I tend to hard to believe that he's day to day. Yeah. So uh, you know, optimism is very low. I at this point, if you bring him back, if he plays at all, are you just gonna hurt him more? Like I, I you know, I'm not really trying to play with him there. I agree with you there. I think we can get through the Hawks. I think we'll be okay. You know, Simmons isn't playing well, you know, he's not scoring, but you know, they got some good points. Uh from Tobias has looked great. Seth Curry was huge in the, in the elimination game. Yeah. I just don't know how far that's going to take you. I think you're going to run into a problem when you got to go against the Bucks or the Nets when they have a ton of firepower. Um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully the the Bucks and the Nets go seven. Hopefully, you you sweep up the the Hawks pretty quickly and you give Embiid as much rest as possible. But you know, watching Anthony Davis yesterday and him go out there on a groin that clearly wasn't healthy and he should have oh, never yeah. gone out there in the first no. place. Like, what are we going to do? Are we going to send Embiid out there and? Two minutes later, he's going to be complaining about knee soreness and then he's done. Or is he going to go from a small meniscus tear to a big meniscus tear where we're missing games next year? Yeah. It's a it's a horrible, horrible uh, situation. I'm really bummed. I'm not going to lie. I want to be optimistic, but even when it, when, it, when Joel was hurt earlier in the season, right? And, you know, you, you just saw this team is lacking on offense at all times and it, they just need their superstar. They're really, they're really hampered. The team's built around Joel Embiid. You know, they they have a ton, they got a ton of shooters. You got a second star who doesn't shoot or doesn't really score that much. Um, you need the big guy to drop thirty a game. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. You know, I, I still think they can ride it to the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see. Maybe their doctors know more than I do, but torn meniscus doesn't sound like something you're playing on. Yeah, um, I, if possible. I feel like I'd rather have them sit and beat the whole Hawk series if oh, well, they yeah. can afford to. I mean, if they go down like two, three, or God forbid, like over oh, one to three, then yeah, we might have to put them in. But I think I'd rather, I'd rather him not play in the playoffs at all if like doctors think it could, you know be a lingering issue or damage even further because i'd rather him be better for next year yeah which is it's just you know, it's, it's just say, a but... shame 
this team like this year seemed really optimistic for us. Obviously I picked them to win it all. And I felt so good going in the year. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I don't even play them against the Hawks, you know, maybe if you get down to the nitty gritty, but at that point, really, if you, if you can't even beat the Hawks, then you just sit and beat, you know, you're not going anywhere. No. You're not going to have, he's not going to play full series anymore. He's going to, it's going to be a game here. It's yeah. going to be a game there. And if you can't beat the Hawks without him, um, you just you, you're not going very far after that. Yeah, I, I stand by my Hawks. I mean, um, the Nets and the Bucks. I think we'll go six or seven. I think the Nets will take it. And I mean, I wanted to pick the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals, but especially now, I don't see that. You know, it's yeah, it's it's tough. It's I, tough. I mean, I was I was very optimistic when they were um, when Embiid was out there. They were playing bully ball pretty much against the Wizards. Oh yeah, I, I just saw that the Wizards have three centers <laughs> that rack up fouls at an un, incredible rate. You oh, know, they, yeah. a good thing they had three dudes because that you know if not they'd have they, their center would be fouled out in the first half. They were having the Embiid was having his way with all three of them. Simmons and Tobias were incredibly physical and just taking it to them. And we played almost bully ball sometimes and it helped open up shooters and everything looked great until that slight little tear of the old meniscus. It's not, it's not what you wanted to see. Yeah. So, you can, uh, you could see how when um, they try to adjust on the fly as he like was leaving the game that they struggled and that's why they lost that game. Whereas when they had a, you know, a day to, you know, figure out what offense to run, you know, what you know how to play the wizards better without Embiid? like they mostly i mean they struggled first half and then second half they they took over so i don't know i mean like you said they were like first game in the washington series was a good game it was close and then the game two and three the sixers just absolutely dominated them um they won by like 25 points in each game well they're the much better team so that's what you kind of expect right um but I, I think if Embiid doesn't play, I think Sixers in six games. Um, I I think Ben showed that he can do just enough scoring to help because he had like nineteen, I think. But you know they were fouling him on pack of Ben. Well, um, that that is worrying. I mean, yeah, the nineteen's fine, but you gotta you gotta look. Seth Curry gave you thirty. Um, I think Tobias dropped. Uh, I want to say thirty. One, I think it was, if I'm correct. I think Seth was the highest scorer. So I think 28, 28, 28. So, I mean, your two top scorers went for almost 30 points. So you can get away with the 19 points there. But when Seth Curry's not going to be shooting, you know, uh, what was it, three from six and, you know, a 10, 17 from the floor, we need Ben to do something. Yeah, game five was worrying. The hack, the hack of Simmons thing is my biggest worry because that looked way too effective. When they just stopped, you know, three or four possessions in a row where they just hacked Ben Simmons nowhere near the basket and he's going, you know, making one, missing one. You know, I don't need him to shoot three-pointers or anything like that, but you've got to make your free throws, man. Like yeah. you, you can't justify that. I, I can stick up for you and defend you when you go for, you know, double-digit rebounds and assists and you're lacking on the scoring end, but you've got to make your free throws. And if he's not, if, if he can't make his free throws, if he's not going to be more aggressive scoring, I just don't, I worry they don't have the firepower. You know, you're going to need to score a lot when you go against the rest of these teams. The Hawks scored too. Trey Young's looked incredible. You know, he's, he's out there dropping points easily. You know, I don't think the Knicks are juggernauts, but still, you're going to have to put up points in the, in the next couple of rounds. 
Yeah, I mean, I saw, I read an article really quickly about some, I forget, some website. The guy was like, um, three reasons why the Hawks will upset the Sixers. And I was like, here we go, let's see this. And he was basically like, Trey Young will continue to play at a high level. He said the Embiid injury will expose the Sixers and they'll be able to take advantage of that. And then his third reason was like, John Collins will have a great series. So they're like, what makes you how John Collins hasn't been, you know, he's been playing fine. It's not like he's lighting the world on fire next to Trey Young. I'm not too worried about John Collins, but <laughs> and it's like 12 points a game. But yeah, this guy's his what is he, Socrates? He's so philosophical, he just knows, oh, Joel Embiid's not playing. That is going to be an issue. Really? No way. I would have been stunned to hear that. <laughs> People forget like the Sixers are still a very stout defense, even without Embiid. I mean, you got Ben, you got Tobias. Um, Tobias is solid. The T. Stiebel's phenomenal on defense. Even Danny Green's really good on defense. So, you know, I'm not. I'm defense, not. I'm not worried. But you're. You, I'm not you're scared gonna... of the Hawks. I'm a little worried, but I'm not scared of them. No, there was a reason they were the what six seed or seven seed, whatever they were. So, yeah, oh, fifth, whatever. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Trey Young's been pretty credible. Uh, you know, he went. He'll go for third. forty. He'll he'll have a forty piece. You no, know, but. Well, I mean, he would. His stat line: had 36, 27, 21, 30, and thirty-two points in that series. Ben Simmons is a better defender than ever, anyone on the Knicks. On the Knicks, I would say Tybal is a better defender on anyone on the Knicks as well. So I do expect us to be able to slow him down a little bit more. Yeah, but. You know, again, it's just I worry offensively. You know, you got a lot of good guards um, defensively. Um, that is Simmons' strength, so you can always rely on that with him. It's just going to be scoring points. And then the next round after that where you're going to really feel the Embiid. So hopefully, listen, hopefully you can get through the Hawks easy. Hopefully Embiid takes a lot of time off. Yeah. Hopefully the Bucs go seven. And then hopefully Embiid somehow can give you a couple games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my, my prediction – I'll say Sixers in six games. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll say. I'll say five. Okay. I'm just. I've been so miserable since Embiid's meniscus. You know, tear. So I need some kind of optimism and positivity in my life, and I, I, hopefully, it's bullying the Hawks. I will say, I think. Whoever wins game one, it's gonna dictate the series. Because I think if the Sixers come out and lay an egg. And let the Hawks steal one at home the first game of the series. That'll be pretty rough for them. I'd rather them, you know, sweep Philly, go into Atlanta 2-0. I can see them losing game three or four and then coming back and finishing in Philly. Or, you know, like I said, if necessary, do a game six. But here's the one, here's the the positive, I guess you could say, of Embiid just being injury prone is they're used to playing without him. You know, we played like 20 games, I guess, in this season without him. They did um, fine without him, too. Like they weren't losing. Like oh, no, but do. when I watched them and he wasn't out there, I knew this was not a team I was scared of or well, one that I was confident about. The team, it's just, the team runs through him. So, yeah. Oh, of course. Number one scorer, you know, potential MVP is not playing. It's not going to look good. Yeah, I <laughs> – I don't know. I'm going to be very depressed until I see him out there. Unless and, um, I, I would, I would have to see him be play with this injury. But based on what I've been hearing, 
that the fact that he's going to be limited, it's going to have soreness, he's going to have to manage and pain. And, you know, like you said, it's a lateral thing. So like for a big man like him, like that, I feel like that would tear so easily, you know, right again. Um, well, he's also seven, two and like over 300 pounds or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what a big man is. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a, <laughs> yeah, well, he's the biggest of the big men, but uh, that I'm, I'm saying like, you know, if if he can manage all that and still play well and put up thirty points, you know, I'll feel a little more confident going into the Nets versus Bucks. You know, whoever comes out of that, but right now it's not a not overly optimistic. But no, I I I don't plan on Embiid playing at all against the Hawks. It was funny though. I was uh, talking to my grandfather, and he was like, um, he I mean he watches all sports, but he's mostly football. And he was we we're talking about the Sixers, and he was like. It's like, hey, that uh, that big guy who got hurt, what's his name? I was like, oh, Joel Embiid. He's like, yeah, it's crazy how he can move like that at that size. So I was like, I'm glad your generation can see that too. <laughs> like, it's it's he's different. Somebody said somebody said he was. It was one of the I think it was one of the announcers was saying someone, another coach. I think it was the Wizards coach said he's like the best big man to ever play. Because he, because of, well, he's the most versatile big man to ever play. Well, oh yeah, I mean, he's he's game. He's got the the shot down. He's he's just deadly off the ball against centers. Yeah, you know, they not there are many centers in the league that can keep up with him when he takes him on the um off the dribble. And not many centers in the league that can shoot from anywhere on the court either. It's also true. And when you're that big, you can just shoot over anyone. It doesn't matter how good the defense is. I just put it up over anyone that's on the court. Yeah. So. uh Eastern Conference, we have Sixers and Hawks. First game is on Sunday, June 6th. Uh, it doesn't look like they've figured out a time yet. Uh, one then, o'clock. Oh, one is o'clock. it? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm on the official, I'm on NBA.com and they don't even have time. Look at Tim. Tim has the first hand knowledge. Listen, guy, why do you waste your time with NBA.com? <laughs> you got the plug right here. I know everything. Remember when, yeah. who, who was it? It was, I think it was Billy. He got the, Bakatari information from Packers.com. Yeah. It was like uh, <laughs> something about Bakatari four team, uh, four yeah. team all pro, all Green Bay Packers.com all pro. Yeah. Heavy competition there. <laughs> uh, then Nets versus Bucks is Saturday, June 5th. That's tomorrow at 7 30. Should be fun. I'm curious to see like who comes out the gate of that one. Like, do the Nets kind of took control? after the Celtics were giving them a little bit of trouble, but they like, you know, they ended up piling the points on at the end of the games, but. You know, I I, I made it a point to watch the Nets because obviously their big three just hasn't played together. So you Mm -hmm. haven't been able to watch them play together. Now that they are together, I wanted to see, you know, wanted to see the whole spectacle and the whole, um, you know, sideshow and everything. And I like, I'm not going to be an idiot and say that, I you know, that they don't look impressive. Like they, they're incredible. They're three of the best basketball players on this planet. But all they do is just run iso ball. It's they have the three best like iso ball Why players in the NBA. <laughs> That's all they do. Like there, it is not an exciting team. They don't do anything special. James Harden dribbles around, never gives up the ball, and drains a three. Kevin Durant gets the ball, does pretty much the same thing, and then just makes a three. There's no creativity. There's nothing exciting. The the other players on the team do absolutely nothing besides just wait till they're wide open and they throw a ball to them and they take a shot. <laughs> There's like, it's the most unimpressive superstar team I've ever seen. 
like there's nothing Steve Nash looks like a joke of a coach like I'm not seeing anything that impresses me I'm seeing James Harden go up and dribble Kyrie Irving almost was I was a little disappointed because James Harden has the ball as the point guard Kyrie Irving is almost useless you know he's not gonna have the ball in his hand and James Harden's not giving it up what's what's the best part is he just gonna stand in the corner and take threes like that is just such a a waste of his talent I mean, there's just the cohesion is not there. I I just don't see it. I think they're going to have problems. I think the Bucs can still beat them. I still feel confident the Sixers could beat them because they're just uncreative. They are incredible, but it's not something difficult to stop. You have superstars that are just going to do their own thing, and that's it. So without, let's let's say, let's say Bede's out for the playoffs. Like he's not going to play in the next series either. Who would you rather face, Milwaukee or Brooklyn? Oh, I uh, I don't think you have a chance against either of them because you're not going to be able to score enough. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I went on my little tirade about the Nets, but they they could still easily, playing uninspired, basic vanilla iso ball, still score like 130 points. That's just what – that's the perks of having three of the best scorers in the game. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I, I guess I, – I, I don't know because the, the Bucs defensively are like – those pickups of – P.J. Tucker, Drew Holiday, and uh, Bi Portis were incredible defensively for them. They they yeah. put guys that could just go out there and play tough defense, and you know then they they let Middleton and um, Gianna score. But I guess I'd rather see the Bucks just because I feel like we've always had the Bucks number, um, and I'm I haven't been sold on uh, Giannis yet in the playoffs. You know until he until he you know starts winning some series, I'll, I'll buy into it. But you you go against the Nets, they just won't have enough firepower. It, it just won't they they won't be able to keep up with them fair enough and i understand your point of their they don't play creative ball but when you have three of the top 20 players in the nba who will win their one-on-ones i mean oh yeah no and that's, why wouldn't you run iso <laughs> don't get me wrong that's like what they but you, you look back at look at what the warriors were doing when kevin Durant was there that team was absolutely loaded but you know you had Draymond Green, who was getting the ball, you know, in the post or in the free throw line and facilitating mm-hmm. from there. You had Steph Curry just constantly running around. I don't see Harden or Kyrie off the ball moving like that. You, you know, you, you had guys driving and kicking, and then you had shooters all over the place. Like, there was more to the game than just one guy taking it and scoring. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Nets, I just don't see it. They And they never play with each other. And it shows. They look like a team that hasn't played with each other. Yeah. Maybe oh. they figure it out as it goes along, but I, I was unimpressed. Unimpressed from a, a team that crushed the Celtics and it wasn't even really close mm-hmm. and were absolutely dominant the entire way. But, you know, as far as super teams will go, I wasn't impressed. Yeah, as far as – I watched a couple of, the, of those games. As far as um, chemistry, I feel like, they, like you said, they're still not 100% there yet. Because they don't play. And I, I don't know if they ever will have full chemistry based on – like all three of those players want the ball in their hand. They want to shoot. So I don't know. I mean, game of the line, like I feel like all three of them would want to take the shot, you know? Um, but we'll see. I mean, I thought I thought Kyrie played better in this series than um he's been playing during the season. Like let me tell you, when he when Kyrie is on, he has some of the like purest shooting I've ever seen. Like when he's focused. His yeah. shots are money. Like he's doing, you know, step backs. He's shooting way past the arc. Like he uh, listen. He had like some, you know, he went for thirty nine. Yeah, he that, went for thirty nine in game two. He had twenty five game one and twenty nine in the elimination yeah. game. But game three and four, he had sixteen and fifteen. 
granted, James, he's not yeah, consistent, but when he's on, he makes his shots. But I mean, it's just tough because well, you then you look at you know James Harden in Game Three had forty one. So Kyrie can get away with having 15 because you yeah. have James Harden just suffocating uh, yeah. or Durant. But uh, you know what? I'm interested to see what this Bucks team does because the Bucs can play some good defense. And I'm interested what's, what's going to happen. Well, you know, ISO ball is only going to take you so far, honestly. I, I just – I don't think they have the chemistry. I don't think they have the creativity. I have no confidence to see Nash. And I, I think they're going to run into some problems when they play good teams. And I'm curious to see what they do against the Bucs. If they go out and just destroy the Bucs and each of them are dropping 40 a game, then I'll eat my words. But I just watched that them play, and I was uninspired. I will say they're, they're a different big three than we've seen in recent times because I feel like you had – I mean, you had LeBron, Wade, and Bosh – but, you know, LeBron was the high scorer. Wade was, you know, he could score and he would facilitate. And then Bosch was a defender. Yeah, Bosch was the down low guy. Yeah, he had to play. He was playing right. out of position when he was but a this, center. But he needed it to make the to make the team better and fit in with the other guys around him. Yeah, and then this big three, you just have three players who can literally shoot from anywhere on the court. So it's a little different because it's not like you can take away one of them and it'll really like – because if you take away Durant, you still have to worry about Curry and Harden shooting. Because, you know, we've seen Harden put up 40. We've seen Curry put up numbers. So, it's like, I don't know. It'll be tough. Uh, I'll definitely be into it. It'll be fun to watch. Like, I'm curious to see how the Bucks will slow them down. Hey, um, you know what? Here, here was the real kicker. Here was the one, the real thing that I found interesting. The game they lost, um, what was it? Game three? Game with, four? With Tatum put up 50. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff Green didn't play in that game. Who knew that Jeff Green was the defensive stalwart of this whole team? <laughs> that just tells you that your superstars aren't playing defense, that you have to rely on Jeff Green. And sure, you know what? Jeff Green, I guess, did pretty well against Tatum the other times because, you know, Tatum didn't go for 50 the other games yeah. he played. But what's Jeff Green going to do against other players in the league? If he's the guy you're relying on defense and, and that's it, they're in trouble. They, defensively, they, they got nothing. Yeah. Um see <clears throat> so the question for you though i was thinking i was talking about this over the week question for you yes more hateable team in the last decade the kevin durant warriors or this nets team um it's a good question probably i think I, probably I, the I, nets yeah i, I would agree like with you. also sixers rivals and they really like, like you well, said. Well, outside, outside of the Sixers, I, I, I think you passed the last decade. I think those are the two most hated teams in, in the NBA, just the way they were constructed, the players on their team. Um, I think, yeah, but I think, I think the Warriors team structure made sense. I mean, you had Clay and Steph, amazing outside shooters. And you had Draymond, as much as I don't like Draymond Green, one of the better defenders in the league. And then you, you factor in Durant, and he was like the scoring that they needed. Or like you know an all around piece that could score at high levels. Um, I didn't like it just because of like Durant literally went to chase a ring as opposed yeah, to. Yeah, like, I, I didn't mind. I liked the Warriors up until the Durant thing. I, I feel like I didn't like Durant more than I didn't like the Warriors. This I Nets agree. team, I just I just yeah. don't like the net. Like I didn't like how James Harden, you know, basically gave up till he got traded. Yeah. I, I, Kyrie Irving just drives you nuts. Just the, the guy just constantly he, talks and, to be heard. And you know what else is funny is that Steve Nash. 
like last this time like last year or like a couple a year and a couple of months ago was literally like doing uh european soccer like analyzing and stuff like he wasn't even in basketball like he was talking soccer and now he's a yeah. coach for an nba team <laughs> like what yeah I, yeah i know i i am i am excited for the bucks net series i will be watching heavily um i'm interested to see what happens with the nets because you know what they they killed the Celtics, but it was uninspired basketball. That's even possible to be so dominant and be uninspiring. I'm curious to see what happens against a good team. But uh, around the around the playoffs, what did you think about some some of the other series? Well, I was pretty shocked about the um, Lakers and Suns series. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had what Suns came out one game one, mm-hmm. and then the Lakers won two straight after that you're like all right all right they got it under control again and then the two games i think they had a close game after that songs won by like i think less than 10 and then they just like destroyed them the last two games like what was it the one they were up by like 30 at halftime on like game was a game five it was like yeah i mean this past this i will say i'm not like the biggest LeBron fan, but uh, hats off. I-, I was watching that game yesterday, and uh, they were pretty much getting smoked the entire game. Oh yeah, they kept fighting, and man, LeBron just just never gave up. The guy is incredible. When you factor in that Anthony Davis is hurt almost all the time, and he's what ten years younger than him, LeBron I would see check out of the game, but just to sit on the scores table, wait until the next stop, and then come right back in. The guy was completely dominant. He was he was the entire offense never stopped uh especially at his age and especially in a game where listen the series isn't going your way davis is hurt he's out he only played you, five minutes yeah you you went you had a long run last year and won the championship the guy never gave up i i i will have to say that was that was impressive to see it was a losing effort and it really was never close but there was some points they got it down to 10 points i think was the closest they margin. lost by 13 so yeah but uh lebron man gave it his all it was impressive it was sad to see because that team stinks. Without Anthony Davis, that team stinks. Markeith Moore stinks. Wesley Matthews is terrible. Kuzma is Kuzma. You know, KCP is, isn't good. I, Horton Tucker stinks. Like, that team is awful outside of two players. Um, Schroeder, you know, he, he has some good moments, but I think they thought he was going to be more of a superstar than he actually is. Um, I like Schroeder. I think, I think going into this year, they thought that they replaced – all the players that they lost from their championship run and then, you know, maybe got a little better, but I think the injuries to Davis and even LeBron was a little hobbled. Definitely, yeah. you know, play. I mean, and you have players like Gasol playing 18 minutes and getting zero points. Like that doesn't do you any favors. Well, no, I mean, I, I didn't see Andre Drummond get a single minute who was supposed to be a big minute guy. Um, nope, it, he didn't even play. Yeah. That, I was like, <laughs> coach decision. Yeah, it was – you You could clearly see that this team isn't good. You, they, they cover it up with the fact that Anthony Davis and LeBron are awesome. And LeBron had a hell of a game, and he was out there. And, man, he gave it absolutely everything he could. And hats off to him because it was a very impressive, gritty performance. You saw the guy in pain. You saw him exhausted, and he never gave up. So I, I thought that was extremely impressive. Uh, what's more impressive is – I know we mentioned Trey Young – there are young stars making a name for themselves right now in the playoffs. Devin Booker, man. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, if you went eight from 10 from the free throw line in a game, that's pretty good. 
to go eight from 10 from the three point line is probably the most disgusting shooting performance I've ever seen. The guy was just disgusting. Well, LeBron wouldn't give up. Devin Booker was not letting them lose that game. And it was awesome to see. I'm usually not too quick with my math. That's 80% from, from three point for Booker. Correct. I saw, I saw the gears turning in your head. So I wanted to give you a second (laughs) to let that figure out. Yeah. I will say that is very, very impressive, but it also reminded me of, um, what was it? Uh, I think it was game five um, when Damian Lillard like just dragged his team into double OT. He was, I think he, he finished 12 of 17 from three, which is like comes out to like 70%. But like yeah. he was taking deep threes and draining them in overtime. And I was like, this is insane. And he had 18 uh, of his team's 20 points in double and both overtimes combined. I, 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 He's he's one of those players that seems like he wants to stay, you know, with his team and you know how like you know let them build around him. But they need. I saw people saying, you know, let get him out, send him to Philly for like Ben Simmons or something. Um, but I I I I, I wasn't super on board with the Simmons Harden trade. I would be all for Lillard uh, Simmons trade because I think Lillard Lillard, Lillard would, would play be. in well. He doesn't need the ball. You could just, you know, he could stand at the logo and you just dish it out to him and he'll pop it up. <laughs> it was amazing. It's like in that double overtime, you knew who was going to score and they couldn't stop him. They didn't matter what they did. I, I mean, I would have triple teamed them and let someone else beat me, but they just couldn't stop him at all. It didn't matter where he was pulling up from. He made all their points pretty much besides a canter layup. He had all their points in both overtimes. Yeah. But like part of that, like uh, I would have, I mean, if I was him, I would have been so like just down, like because you tr- you've you hauled your ass to will your team to doubles overtime, and you had two bone ahead plays in overtime. Oh god, pretty much yeah. logic. You had the one who I forget who it was, but the one player stepped out of bounds. McCollum. McCollum stepped out of bounds, and then you had Rocco miss a dunk. He literally yeah. missed a dunk because he was going for you know aggression. That was uh, like, yeah. Oh, you I, can't I, do that in overtime. Like playoffs. I know you- Come on. You're right. Uh, Dame has always been a guy who's been loyal and say he'll never leave. But this this is the year that you're like, dude, you got to think about it now. Because one, you're, you're, you're number two. Your second superstar is supposed to be superstar on your team. Completely laid an egg and completely just did nothing for you. McCollum looked terrible. The guys around him did nothing. Covington looked bad. Melo didn't have a good game. Melo really doesn't have much left. And then I feel like every playoffs, Nurchitz is always hurt. And we always like, oh, if only they're a big guy. And then you have Nurchik, and he fouls out of four of the, you know, six games or whatever it was in the series. Yeah. Hey, like, dude, what, what have we been waiting for for you? You, you were, you're most of the time injured, but when you're not, you fail out anyway, and you're not here. Uh, I, this team looks like they've hit their, their ceiling. And if you can't win, dropping 55 points and draining back-to-back buzzer beaters to send it into overtime and double overtime, you're not going to win. Like, I think this team's hit its ceiling. I think it's time that you're really looking blowing up this core, unless you're getting someone, someone is someone to take the spot of second superstar on the team. Cause I don't think McCollum is a second superstar. I just, I think it's time that they, they really consider the future and Damian Lillard in particular, cause I, I think they hit their ceiling and I don't see them getting better. And Dame's only 30 years old. Like he's still got guys got plenty of basketball left in him. Yeah. So it, it but on the hindsight of that, one of the more impressive teams in the first round, very impressed with that Nuggets team. 
I, I Jokic has looked incredible. Looks like an MVP of the entire series. They played solid defense from their role guys. I thought the Gordon pickup was great. I, in wouldn't, that I wouldn't say the entire series. He had a couple down games. Oh, man, when I was watching, dude, he's doing stuff that I don't I don't see normal seven. No, most do. of them, I think one or two games he had like under 16 points. And then I was watching that double overtime. He missed back-to-back shots, you know, to ice it. Um, but, you know, besides that, yeah, he's been putting up good numbers. It's just his facilitating is so impressive. Him as a big guy just facilitating the offense is, is a sight. He, he's a great passer, always finds the open man. Yeah, I think that's why I like the debate between Jokic and Embiid is interesting because they're they like they're the same players, but they're not because Embiid is a much more like I'm gonna you know heavy scorer and then strong on the defensive side, whereas Jokic is more of you know heavy scorer, um, but also like offensive facilitator. So they're like almost opposites in a way. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I mean, you're a little tough on the guy. Yeah, he had a 16 point game in game four. Yeah. The other five games, he had 34, 38, 36, 38, and 36. So, okay, you know, so it's just one game, yeah. Yeah, so, I, you know. But that's what I'm Joe saying, yeah. you know, Besides that. Listen, yeah, you're a tough, very tough I'm crowd very tough. over here. Yeah. Well, you got to stand up for my MVP, you know. Screw the fact that you went for over 35 in all the other games. You had 16 in, a, in game five. Hey, MVP's got to score 30 every game, you know. Okay. You're a tough credit over there. Um. I think that covers most of my series. I did want to wait and talk about the one series that is left because I have so much venom to this team. I, I, I've i been on – I guess I guess you could say I've been rooting for the Clippers just because I don't want them to make me look like an idiot for picking them in the finals again. And, yeah, my God, I, told you, I, I, told you. I hate this. I hate watching this team. I, I know why the Clippers don't have fans because this is the, the crap they have to watch. It is so painful to see them play basketball. They're so sloppy, so disorganized. And then they'll like have three turnovers in a row and then make an incredible shot on the way down. And they're like, oh, this team's pretty good. There's so much talent and they have no idea how to use it. Kawhi Leonard, I just am convinced he does not care about losing. Like he goes into games and I don't, I don't think he gives a shit about losing or winning. If they lose this series, we really need to talk about Leonard and George. Because you know what? I, I was thinking, I always look at superstars in two tiers. You have your tier one, guys who can carry a team a, – it can lead a team to a championship, you know, as the lead dog, a guy that can also bring his team, regardless of who they are. I can put them on whatever God awful team I want. They can bring that team to the playoffs. So LeBron, Curry, KD. Um, then you have tier two guys, guys that are the second player on a championship team, guys that, you know, could be a one on a team. That's probably not going to do very much. The, you know, Clay Thompson's the Anthony Davis, uh, Kyrie Irving's, if you want to put them up there. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, I always had in that number one spot after I've seen him, you know, win championships, what he did with the Raptors and everything. And then you think back, and you're like, you know what? The guy got drafted into a dynasty. He was drafted to a dynasty with the Spurs where he got to develop and, you know, become the player he is. Then he got shipped off to the Raptors, which I think he gets too much credit for what he did with the Raptors. That Raptors team was very good. You had three defense players of the years. You had a perennial all-star point guard in Kyle Lowry. You had an up-and-coming all-star in Pascal Siakam. And you had very, you had solid role players that had great years. Danny Green, Fred Van Vliet. Now Kawhi goes to his own team. He's the lead dog. And this team's going nowhere. They look undisciplined. They look uninspired. They don't even care. Like they, they just look like they don't give a shit. Paul George, I've had him on that second round. Like, oh, he just needed someone to be the guy. 
He's not the guy, but he needs someone to be the guy, and he'd be an incredible number two. Paul George's man, he is constant disappointment. That's what he is. He can't do anything in the playoffs. He's colder than an ice box. He's got nothing. No, no clutch. <laughs> there is no clutch in Paul G- George's genes. If they lose in this first round, I think Steve Ballmer has an aneurysm. And if he survives the aneurysm, he should blow the whole team up. F- figure something out, man. This team's going nowhere, and they are so uninspiring to watch. I see a guy like Luca, who blood, sweat, and tears will win or die losing. LeBron, I just gave all the credit for doing that. He was out there, and he gave everything he possibly could to win the game. Kawhi Leonard will never do that. This is probably also the byproduct. He's the face of you know load management, and this team constantly looks like they just don't know how to play together. Yeah. And that's probably a good part of that. When your superstar just has no interest in playing in the regular season, no interest in leading the team, you're not going anywhere. You 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 have a you have a a, a boat you have a boat without a captain. You're just you're just going. You're going your merry way. You're floating along. The waves are taking you until you're about to crash into a cliff, and no one's there to stop it. So the Clippers are just a bunch of crewmen on a ship with no. They're just on a, a ship waiting <laughs> to crash into the coast. They're just going. No one's steering the boat, and then the waves are just taking them until they crash into a cliff. And it looks like they're about to crash into this cliff. Sounds I, right. from what I've seen, <laughs> like I said, I've I've been a Clippers fan this week just just for the fact that I don't want to look like an idiot. But I, Clippers fans since May 2021. <laughs> God, and it's not going to last very long. I, I have zero confidence in the winning. The, yeah. the players around them, Abaka hasn't played. I know he's hurt now, but he wasn't playing any minutes before. I don't know why Tyloo wasn't playing him. Maybe he was hurt before and they weren't really mentioning it. Mm. Zubat stinks. I just see him get cooked by every single member of the Mavericks. Batum is terrible. Add him to the list. I want a team. The team that took Michael Jordan's money and then decided they don't care about basketball anymore. You got Nicholas Batum. You can put Terry Rozier on there. I think Gordon Hayward is on his way to joining that team. Just guys that took all Michael Jordan's money and then just stopped caring about basketball. Batum's got nothing. The guy's a bum. Patrick Beverly, the novelty of Beverly being a pest is worn off. He's just a pest that isn't very good that no one really likes. The novelty of him is just worn off. This team is so infuriating to watch. I I just can't. It's brutal. Yeah, I think... I think if they do lose this first round, they uh, they they almost have to go. I think Kawhi walks. Maybe he just, joins. But does he? Does he? The guy doesn't seem like he cares if he loses or not. It seems like he just wants to live out in California and live his life. I, I don't think he would leave. Uh, what is, you, know who, you know who else is in California? The Golden State Warriors would not be shocked to see them make a push to try and sign him. Be a nice addition to Clay, a healthy Clay and Steph. Listen, when you don't care about winning or losing, I, I don't think you have any issue with, you know, staying on the team that's not going far. And I said last, I think last episode of the one before, uh, I saw a couple of people saying, you know, trade PG to Washington, reunite him with um, Russ Westbrook, you know. And that was a, that's a, that'd be a decent, I know it's, he, he's not, he's not a, barely a second tier star now, but that'd be a nice no. three, Beal, Westbrook, and PG. Yeah, I'm PG sure. hasn't – Paul George hasn't been really great since he left the Pacers, honestly. Like, that's when he was, like, you know, when he was still wearing number 24, when yeah, he was actually I, killing it, and he was, like, a top player, and now he's – You got to look at both of them, Leonard and George, and really question how good are they. Leonard, I, uh, you think back, you just – man, he was on incredible teams. He was on Dynasty, and then he went to the Raptors, which were loaded. And, you know, he got a lot of credit, and he deserved it. He played incredible well with the Raptors, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He deserved the finals MVP. 
But at the same time, man, he had, there was leadership all around him. There was guys that kept the team together. He is not that guy. He is not going to will the team anywhere. Oh yeah. No, he, he's just a very talented player that needs people around him to also be talented. But I mean, he, he got his handpicked second superstar and they still can't do anything. Yeah. Well, it's, it's brutal. On the other side of that, man, Luke Doncic, man, we, another guy who is just cementing himself. He's got, uh, I think it was in the first 11 games I saw, he's got 300, his first career, first, um, first 11 career playoff games. He's got 361 points. Yeah, and he's like two or three. Michael Jordan has 405 in his first career 11 points. So anytime your name is anywhere near Michael Jordan's in playoff realms, you're doing something right. And another thing, I don't see Leonard or George on Luca like they should be. I've never seen him be like, all right, this is my guy. And they, that shows. Luca's just having his way. Yeah, I mean, the match they is, want I mean, Porzingis is. Porzingis honestly, per, yeah, Porzingis went from, he's another player, went from being like the Knicks number one star art player to being just an afterthought. Like, he's just not. He's kind of he's, soft for a big man. Like he doesn't oh, really. Oh God, yeah. He can't play any defense. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. But... He's a. He's a. We thought he was a number two to be behind uh, Luca's number one. No, he's. Well, not I remember when they traded him. Everyone was like, "Why the hell would the Knicks get rid of the best player like that?" And then I guess they they saw something. I I don't I don't blame the Mavericks. I don't think they gave up too too much. They gave up like Dennis Smith and some other guys. Yeah, I don't um, remember. Yeah, well, I, I, it ago. wasn't like a. It wasn't like a you know Paul was, George package or whatever. Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind of let them down. You know, he has not, not given sure. them the minutes. He's not the player they expected. And um, going back to the Clippers, that's dude. They gave up so much for the George. Mm-hmm. You can't really blow it up. You got nothing. What are you going to do? You you'll be like the Nets. You'll be terrible and not have your own draft pick for the next four years. They got to they got to flip it and become the Oklahoma City Thunder and have. 30 first round picks in the next few drafts. Yeah, well, I think the Clippers are the only team that was going to give up six first round picks to get Paul George. I think after everyone else seems Paul George and what he really is, I don't think you're getting anything near that. Yeah. That's why it's always funny to go from like when we do NFL talk to NBA because like the value of draft picks is so different. Like, well, yeah, it's still a point. I mean, to, obviously, you know, but it's just, it's just funny. Well, you can. Yeah, I, I feel like you know, it, like you'll trade four first round picks for like a backup start, like a you know, a B tier starter. Whereas, like, if you trade four first round picks in the NFL, it's like you're getting like Aaron Rodgers, you know. Yeah, I, I just think because the, the first round pick in the NFL, all you know, all 32 picks are very well, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's good players all there. Yeah, it's and a the whole, NBA, whole like, different system. So, the NBA, about like 10, I would 10 is probably a stretch, but like 10 first round, pretty much the lottery. The lottery are worthy first round picks, you know, that would actually be valuable. Yeah, I mean, there's been drafts where like the whole first round have been busts in the NBA, so you don't get that in yeah. the NFL. So, yeah, there's um, more players, more chances. And real quick, the only one we didn't cover was the Jazz Grizzlies series. Um, I, mean, I was kind of shocked the Grizzlies came out the gate with the win. And now I was like a little worried. I was like, oh, maybe the Jazz are going to slip up here. And then they took care of business. So, hey, I add John Morant to that list of young I was guys. Say, that he put... was also on that. Uh, I remember seeing that graphic. It was him and, and Luca. I think, was it Will? Will Ch- no. Somebody else. Because it was MJ and. Oh, it was, uh, no, it was, um, I think Kareem was on there. Yeah, quite those. I mean, if uh, to bring back my old studs and duds, I, I definitely thought my studs in the first round, you know, lose, win or lose has been Luca, 
I've been very impressed with Ja and um, Devin Booker. Those are probably yeah. been my three most impressed press players. You know, win or lose, you know, we kind of knew the Ja, the Grizzlies were going to up for an uphill battle against the number one seed, but they look good. I like that young team. I like uh, I like Dylan Brooks a lot. He brings a nasty attitude, and he's a great defender. And you t- just put the whole Clippers on the dud list. The whole Clippers team, every single one of them, put them all on the dud list. Put Blake Griffin on it just out of association. Yeah, but, I mean, that's been the story of uh, this playoffs for sure, has been the young stars showing up and injuries. So, yeah, it'll continue hey, it's, to – It's to been exciting. Through, so. I think the West is absolutely wide open, especially now that oh, the defending yeah. champs are on. It's exciting to see. And, uh, you know, the East, I wish it was – we'll see. I, w- I want to say it's a three, three-headed race, but – with Embiid hurt, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be a big uphill battle. Oh yeah. Um, so what's your what's your real quick off the bat prediction? So we both said Sixers will beat the Hawks. I still think the Nets beat beat um, the Bucks. What do you think? I'm taking the Bucks. I like the Bucks this year. They look different. I think the 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 pickups were pretty good. Okay. Plus, I just you know. I went on a tirade about how uninspired the Nets are. I didn't look like an idiot, even more of an idiot after picking the Clippers if I went and, and just said they were going to win. Uh, and then West. So we have uh, Monday, June 7th at 10 o'clock Eastern. The Suns play the Nuggets. Honestly, I, Rod, I'm riding the Suns. I think Suns could take it in. I think it might go seven. This might be a seven-game series. I... Uh... It's a shame because I really like this Nuggets. I probably would have picked the Nuggets to come out of the West if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt. That's the thing. I keep I, I know they played really well without him, but I'm t- I just feel like once they get deeper in the playoffs, it's gonna be more apparent that they needed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, and I think this is probably where you start really feeling from because you need someone to match what Devin Booker and Chris Paul yeah. are gonna do. So I'll go with the Suns. They really impressed me against the Lakers, played some good defense or good uh basketball. Yeah, and then um, so I mean, like we said, it looks like the Mavericks are gonna the Mavericks are winning that series. Winning that I, I've series, seen enough so. of these games. The, the Clippers stink. They don't care. They've already booked their vacation plans. <laughs> so we'll have the, the Jazz versus the Mavs. That should be a fun series. Um, I don't know. The I, Mavs, I like Utah. The Mavs sneak. Uh, I think Utah wins. I it just The Mavs are – Luke is awesome, but like we said with Porzingis not doing anything, there's not much outside of them, and I think they're going to need a little more help. Yeah, I think I – think, as weird as it is to say Utah is the most complete team in the playoffs as yeah. far as offense, defense, being able to score, um, you know, good players. Uh, yeah. I think the jazz, I think jazz and six, I would say. So then we have, you know, if that, if everything goes the way we think we have jazz versus Suns, the one and two and Sixers versus nets, the one and two, well, you had the bucks. So, but we'll see what happens soon. That'd be interesting. Well, this was good. I, I count these as almost therapy sessions. Sometimes I got, I got <laughs> off, I got off my chest, all the hatred I have to the Clippers and I got to live through my pain of Joel Embiid's meniscus. So thank you for being my therapist. Someone's got to do it. It's a tough job. Right, Tell me. So, all right, well, we'll get into gear it up for the second round. We'll see all what right. happens. Sixers fans, stay optimistic. And peace out. See you.